Hello, and thank you for tuning into Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, now a toddler, and our new addition, Elwood, born this May. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, toddler, and now as a mum of two, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. I am really excited to be working with the team at Pure Flow again. They are baby sleep experts and they're celebrating their 25th birthday. Their baby sleep bags are really genius with removable sleeves and lots of other clever features designed by parents. They are perfect for staying cozy on these cold winter nights and I'll tell you more about them and give you a special Mum Talk listener discount code later on in the episode. Hello and welcome to episode three of this little mini-series, festive mini-series for Mum Talk. I hope you're all well. I hope you've enjoyed the last couple of episodes with myself and with Hattie from Not Another Peep on Sleep. If you haven't yet, do catch up on those. Today... I have an incredibly special guest and it's a real pinch me moment because I followed her for a long time and a lot of what she says resonates incredibly strongly with me and I am just so grateful that she took the time out of her incredibly busy schedule to come on my little podcast and chat to me and hopefully share a lot of what you will find helpful to get yourselves out the other side of Christmas without feeling really overwhelmed and burnt out. Today's guest is Anna Martha. She is a psychotherapist, mum, writer, blogger, Instagrammer, author, bestseller, podcaster. I mean, the list goes on. She is incredible. And I, like I said, feel so incredibly honoured to have her on. And today, Anna and I are talking about overwhelm and essentially how not to burn out over Christmas and how to feel um, supported, how to communicate to obtain that support. We normalise rage, which you'll get to hear about my little carbonara experience, which is a funny one. So much is demanded of us over the Christmas period and I really wanted to put something out here for you to listen to because I need to hear it as well numerous times um, to just instill a little bit of calm and to help us get out the other side of Christmas. So without any further delay, here is Anna and I's chat. I hope you enjoy. Welcome on. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. Um, so you are here today to just discuss a little bit, if that's okay with you, of how we can go about approaching the Christmas period without, as you know, being mums and parents, without facing burnout and complete overwhelm. Like I just mentioned to you, I'm already feeling the stress rising. We've we've kept it small mainly because my sister and her new husband are actually going to his parents this Christmas. Um, so I have. Not sure if I've made the right choice here, but I have decided to do Christmas here because I felt like it was less stressful doing Christmas lunch and having my mum and her partner here 
than trying to pack up both kids, go down to my mum's, travel, have naps. My little one's only six months old, so he's not sleeping at all. Um, and I felt it was less stressful to do it that way, but I feel like I'm slightly regretting that. <laughs> um, but perhaps you'd be able to help us to and equip us, I guess, with some um, tools to put in our personal toolkit so we don't completely boil over. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't boil over like the sprouts. Exactly. I, I think I think the, the challenge is, is that because of the last two years, we, we're starting off, you know, most people that I speak to, myself included, we're starting off from a place of burnout already. Mm. Like we're already feeling overwhelmed. We've already had to kind of just spend so much of ourselves trying to keep everyone on a, on a vaguely even keel as there has been so much uncertainty in our in our lives you know that takes so much from us mm. so you know no wonder people are looking ahead at christmas and thinking oh i just yeah i you know the the anxiety and the stress is rising because our base level i think is depleted mm. i think most of us are feeling like we're on the floor before we've even thought about what we're feeding people mm-hmm. on christmas day so i think ultimately to start with compassion for yourself. I think you know, that's the best place to start is it's hard because it's hard. You know, it's hard not because you're failing, not because you're weak, not because you're not organized or prepared enough or, you know, thoughtful enough. It's hard because you're spent mm-hmm. before you've even got to spend. And we spend a lot of Christmas, don't we? We spend emotionally, mentally, time-wise, financially. So looking forward to this period of of giving of ourselves it's understandable that our shoulders are tensing <laughs> and Michael Buble isn't inciting the normal kind of fizz of magic that sounds no. dodgy but you know what you, I put you know, Christmas stressful, isn't it? it is it, it is, is. I put Christmas music on the other day and I actually turned it off because I just felt like I can't I, I can't I haven't got any um any space for that music in my head and I'm quite audio uh sensitive and actually I I post I reposted a post of yours on Instagram the other day where um I think it was a I don't know what it is an an ear doctor it was my my ear surgeon Joe my friend yeah the cognitive overload yeah and it really is and I you know, with my husband, my toddler, my uh, six-month-old, my own thoughts, which I'm so engrossed in at the moment, I feel I have no spare capacity for Christmas music, (laughs) which is really sad. It it is, but I think, you know, often when we feel irritable, when something irritates us, we're very quick to point the finger at ourselves and say, oh, for goodness sake, be more tolerant, you know, stop being so uptight chill out when actually I think that irritation that we feel we need to start seeing that as a little flag of overload and what what my uh my friend who's near surgeon was saying and he he'd seen me he watches my stories every now and again he'd see me talk about noise you know even sometimes the happy noises of my kids even when they're happy Mm. you know sometimes I'm like gosh, just be, I can't deal with it. I want to put my hands over my ears. I literally now sometimes wear earplugs to enable me to stay 
in the room. And that used to make me feel so guilty. And I would shame myself being like, for goodness sake, Anna, you can't, what is wrong with you? When actually what, what Joe, my friend was saying was, he was saying, we have, we, we are always processing stuff. So our minds are having to process, our bodies are having to process energy, emotion is energy. So when we're, when we're seeing, we're processing, we're hearing, we're thinking, we're organizing, we're carrying the emotions of our children so often, aren't we? You know, every time they kick off and I'm like, right, I'm going to be calm and I'm going to be patient because that generally works better than when I lose my call, which don't get me wrong, I definitely do. But when we do that, we're choosing to absorb that emotion. We're like being that sponge. So we take that emotion in, we take it almost from them, and then we give them something to help ground them. That costs us. You know, we're taking stuff in all the time. And I think over the last couple of years, we haven't had as many opportunities to then release that elsewhere, Mm. you know? And I think then we get out the habit of that. So the things that used to help, maybe it was the run, the stomp through the fields, the chat with a friend, you know, the social stuff. I don't know about you, but I'm out of the habit of that. Mm. I even forget sometimes that, oh, I can have a play date at my house, mm-hmm. you know? And so all those opportunities to release this stuff that we just take on board all the time, we're either not taking them, we haven't got time for them, we've deprioritized them. So yeah, we... we our brains are going no more when the music's on. Our brains go no more when the kids are playing. Our brains go no more when we're thinking about Christmas and the the sun, you know, that at the lunch, our brain is going, no, I can't, I can't. And it's not failure. It's it's science. Mm. You know, we need to go gentle on ourselves. And often we just berate ourselves for being irritable and grumpy and we can't manage it. No, and it's no, it's it's no surprise really that we when everything does get too much, we feel this level of, of, I think you called it rage almost, that just bubbles up and bubbles up and bubble bu- bubbles up when everything yeah. gets too much. I mean, I shared with you my carbonara experience where I literally slopped. I was, it's actually a really funny story and I haven't told it on the podcast yet, but essentially my husband with a six month old and a three year old asked me to make a proper Italian carbonara. He's French. He likes his food. So got all of the ingredients together, started making it as per the video that he sent me. So I was making it. He comes over, starts watching over my shoulder, which is also really great, isn't it? So he's watching over my shoulder and saying, no, you're doing it wrong. That's not what the video said. I was like, trust me, I've been through the video. I have written it all down step by step what I'm meant to be doing. Turns out he'd sent me the wrong video. (laughs) So he was telling me all of the stuff that I was doing wrong. Eventually I lost it, slopped this carbonara on his and my daughter's plate, went upstairs, took a cold shower because I just thought this is, this is going to, I'm going to implode. I'm absolutely going to implode. He comes up two seconds later saying, what kind of an example do you think you're setting our daughter for not sitting at the table with me, with us? And I was just like, are you joking? Are you actually joking? And then when I calmed down and went downstairs, said, right, can we just look at the video together? Because I don't think we're talking about the same video. And he'd sent the wrong video. But it's just little things like, well, I mean, that's quite an annoying Oh, gosh, thing, I'm, but... I'm there thinking, I, I thought you were going to say you, would have, you you slopped it on his head because that's definitely what I would have done. I mean, like, you can go you can go to Sainsbury's ready, ready-made ready section and you can get your carbonara there. 
and get one for me as well. I mean, you're <laughs> you have a lot more grace than uh, than I would have had, I think, in that situation. But yes, that rage, it's that. And I think in that moment, you know, there's that sense also of feeling quite misunderstood. Yes. Of the cost of you doing that. Mm. You know, the cost of even having the energy to write, to watch the video, write the notes down, buy the ingredients, stand there, you're tired. You know, and I think sometimes that's it. It's about, mm. it's about everything that has to get put down, put away, put, mm. put inside so that you can keep calm and carry on. Mm. It's got to come out. It does. It does. And it's going to come out with him. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is going to come out. And it's those, you know, I see that happening. Well, first of all, I feel like it should be normalized, right? Because when that happens and when I do start myself really bubbling up, especially around my children and, you know, with having a friend, he's half French, half German. So he's not a great communicator and things do get lost in translation between my husband and I. And I do feel that bubbling up sensation of rage and I don't want it to happen on Christmas Day. However, it's so normal. And I think, you know, hasn't lockdown almost given us this new sense mm. of rage almost because we've been yeah. in each other's company for such a long time. We've been in our own thoughts for such a long time. We've really taken so much overload of noise and children and we've been, we've been battered almost, haven't we, by all of this. Um, and like you say, it's got to come out. and. It's having the tools to, I don't know, I guess, step away and not lose it in front of the mm. children. Because that's what yeah. I'm so conscious about doing is losing it in front of children and family on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, you know, there are different kinds of explosions, aren't there? There are like the controlled explosions where you actually feel like you have a choice as to where that comes out. You know, mm. you're, you catch it at that moment. You're like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to stop there. I just I need to go for a walk. So you're acknowledging what need, and it might be that actually I need, I need to feel heard right now. So I'm going to, I'm not, you, you're not hearing me in a way that I need to be. So I'm going to call a friend. I'm just going to go out 15 minutes. And you know that there, you, you have that decision to make. And sometimes we, we've gone beyond that, haven't we? And the carbonara gets <laughs> sploshed on someone's head or their plate or, but I think there's another way. And this is the, this is what I really encourage and what I'm always trying to put in place in my life. And it does work. It's, it's kind of the preemptive. It's the releasing of the pressure valve. In and this is this is where it's challenging, I think, because so many often it comes down to it comes down to when I when I do coaching with with mums, I often say, "What are three things that you need?" Now, the first response is normally to to tear up because we're so out of practice, we're so focused on everyone else's needs that often we don't even know what ours are. Mm. And that we don't necessarily have words for them, or we haven't even thought about it, or just being asked that question in a way that is caring is so far removed from how we tend to ourselves that it's, you know, it's almost painful to think about. But then what normally comes up is rest and space. And there's something else often around kind of support and feeling heard. So rest and space. We know that these are things that we need more of. Mm. A, they're hard to get. B, we have to so often fight feelings of guilt that are completely, you know, they're not, they're unjustified. I think we, we don't value these things enough. We see them as indulgent when actually rest and space are the currency of parenting. You know, if we want to be 
in our in our minds and not throw in the pasta if we want to be in have enough clarity in that moment to think you know what I need I need to get out I need to go upstairs I need to do some what whatever it is that you need you know you need energy to be able to even go through that process otherwise it all just comes out sideways so how can we start to value rest and space and address the guilt that often comes with that enough so that we can be topping ourselves up so that it doesn't all just spill out. Mm. So we're releasing that little pressure valve along the way and respecting our needs enough so that it doesn't just spill out. Mm. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's, that's, you know, I notice in my life when I, I was ill for a couple of weeks and uh, one of my big things is exercise. You know, only like five, 10 minutes, just a bit of yoga, whatever, anything, just movement. It's like that physical release. And I didn't work out for a couple of weeks. And, you know, I really felt that in the irritability and the lack of patience and the resentment, you know, all of that was just bubbling up because my needs that I couldn't fulfill them. You know, and it's, it is, it's almost like a science, like we absorb, therefore we need to restore we need to find ways to restore ourselves a little bit to give ourselves something back otherwise of course we're going to burn out of course we're going to throw the pasta <laughs> of course we are because mm. we're quite we're chronically neglecting ourselves in pursuit of loving everyone else and then I don't end up loving my family well mm. I remember saying to my therapist um in one of the lockdowns I was like it's it's like my parenting depends on me going out for a walk and she said yeah that's because it does Anna and it was like this massive light bulb moment in my life where I'd seen self-care as like this kind of oh slightly cheesy thing like oh I'll go have a bath I'll do a little face mask oh yeah I feel better now but it was so tinged with guilt um until I started to realize actually it completely transforms my understanding of my worth Therefore, I'm more accepting of the good things in my life, more able to enjoy them without that kind of that thing of, oh, if you really knew what I thought, what I was like, what what I was, what what was going on behind the scenes in my mind sometimes, you know, the more I value myself enough to have that heard, to meet that need, the more I'm able to enjoy the love of my kids, mm. enjoy the good things in my life, take those opportunities for rest. And I'm a better mum for that. Mm. I used to think I I was a better mum for not doing those things because it meant I was more focused on my kids. Their needs are more important, but they need they need my needs to be important to me. Very very important, almost more important. Yeah, I mean I <laughs> I feel quite ashamed to say this, but I am a yoga teacher so alongside this podcast. As that's what I've been doing for years and years, many many years. Um, but I have not practiced yoga for probably a year. Really? The, the physical side of yoga. I feel like yoga as a whole, I'm practicing every single day. <laughs> but the physical side of yoga, where I can slightly get out of my own head and mm-hmm. put all of it into the asana, into the into the physical movement. Because, you know, my I had my baby boy almost seven months ago. 
I have a three-year-old toddler and a husband who's been home because he's an airline pilot. So he's been home pretty much for the last year and a half, two years, and he's only really starting to get back into work. So I've had a, a fair few needs from other people to have, you know, to meet. And it's finding the time and the space and making the time and the space, I guess, to actually think, right, I'm going to do something for myself. I'm going to clear my head. I'm going to practice yoga. I'm going to re-energize my batteries, charge myself up so I can do what I need to do for everybody else and be there. Because at the moment, I just feel like I'm failing on every single level of motherhood, whether it be barking at my toddler because my baby is, because Elwood is um, crying or can't settle. He's not a sleeper. He's only ever slept in the daytime for like 35 minutes at a time. So Mm. As much as I'd like to think, you know what, I'm going to get up. And so many times I've tried and thought, I'm going to get up at 5, 5.30. And I feel like a lot of mums or mums maybe in the newborn stage or even even not, um, depending on their children. But I think I'm going to get up at 5.30. I'm going to do 20 minutes yoga and I'm going to take my shower and then I'm going to sleep. But that's just not doable. When Elwood is waking no. every hour or every two hours through the night, I can barely pull myself out of bed mm. when he wakes up at of course, you know, of course. 7 o'clock. So trying to find that that time to focus on myself for a minute has been tricky. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I think how can, you know, how, first of all, I'd, I, if you, if I was coaching you, I would want to know, you know, beyond Sorry, this the, is turning into beyond like the barriers. Oh no, but these are, but this is a, this is a conflict. I did, I released a little 10 minute podcast episode yesterday on five ways to get rest when you can't, mm. you know, it was looking at how else can we get rest? Cause yeah, you know, people say you need to slow down. You need to like, let go of some stuff. You need to, you know, just, you need to go to bed early and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I know. But I, I literally can't. If you looked at my diary, if you saw the way my kids were sometimes, you, I can't. And, you know, I think I'd be interested in what are the, what, what might the emotional barriers be around not doing that? And then also, how creative can you be in fitting that in? And I remember when I had um, Florence and she was a little baby and she used to wake, you know, if I was awake after six, I'd just be like, I'm awake now. The kids, the boys are going to get up. And I used to go downstairs and I used to put her in one of those swingy things. She was next to me. And then I just used to do some yoga and it wasn't, it wasn't the same. Like it's not the same, but it's something and something is always better than nothing. So I think often we go into it thinking, right, I need to do my 20 minutes and then I want to do this and then I'm going to do meditation. But actually if we can strip that back to the bare minimum of like, I'm going to do five minutes. You know, I'm going to put my yoga stuff on in, in the morning and I'm going to grab what I can. I'll shower in the evening. Mm. You know, I'm fine, you know, strip it back. So to such a small thing that it's almost, I mean, you'd be making excuses not to do it. Mm. I put the TV on, you know, don't be afraid to use the tools available to you to get what you need. Mm put the TV on, hand, you know, dish out the, the iPad, you know, dish out the snacks. And my kids know now that mummy is doing yoga and I'll do 10 minutes and yeah, someone might interrupt me and then they might have a fight and I might have to pause and, but that's okay. It's, it's better than, it's better than nothing. Mm. And I'm giving them something in doing that. Mm. It's a gift. I'm gifting them. Mm. Yeah. When I'm doing that. Then I 
feel this guilt that I, this sounds ridiculous, but I feel this. No, guilt it doesn't. It almost... doesn't. We need to talk about this. It's important because <laughs> so many people will be like, "Yeah, Anna, I know, but I feel this yeah. guilt, and this is my barrier." But it's not just my <clears> guilt from my children, because I feel like you know they're young enough, and actually, Amandine loves yoga, so she would probably be doing her downward dog next to me on the yoga mat or something, and I can just have Elwood on the floor. But it's my husband, what? Because he's at home. It's him almost looking at me thinking well hasn't she got something better to do because I don't I don't think he quite understands how many directions as a mother I'm being pulled when in behind his eyes I'm not going to work this is my passion and so not work and he's kind of he's thinking well shouldn't she shouldn't shouldn't she be tidying doing laundry doing something you know he's 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 very French, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not the only one who has a husband who perhaps thinks like that and doesn't, you know, necessarily think that motherhood takes over everything because it does. It just it, it you're being pulled in so many directions, and I can just, you know, if I if I'm doing something for myself, taking five minutes to myself, I can just feel that guilt that's probably just in my head. But I feel like it's coming from him. Do you know mm. what I mean? I'm, I'm not yeah. articulating this very no, well. No, you're not. No, you're articulating it perfectly. I think number one is the stories that we tell. So as you just said, you know, it's the guilt that you feel, at least you think you feel. Like, is there a conversation to be had there of, you know, that day I threw the pasta on your plate, not on your head, like Hannah would have done, but... <laughs> that was because I was feeling utterly burnt out and I was feeling really frustrated and I feel like I'm carrying so much and I don't know sometimes if you're aware of what it feels like to be me and how much stuff I have in my head and maybe literally just getting a massive piece of paper and just writing it all down you know just putting it on there and being like look this is what's going on you know this medication I need to do this I need to do that wash I need to add that to the shop I need to just so that he can have this kind of visual representation almost of quite what's in your head and then and then maybe tell him some of these stories that you that you believe and it might be it might be true it might be that you say look if I was to do 10 minutes of yoga I feel like you would be thinking she should be tidying up she should be you know is that true and if so can we talk about that because actually that that assumption is stopping me from doing things that I feel like will will almost certainly prevent the pasta moments. Mm. If, if we can start incorporating and respecting that I am not a limitless outlet, that actually it's very, it's very costly. It's going against the science. So if you know the more you give, the more you need. That is science. He flies planes. The further he's going to go, the more fuel he needs. He knows that. He's very aware of that. But it's it's a simple science and it and it it translates to you mm. you know and I think it's having that so conversation and, and and maybe even just doing a little experiment and saying right I'm going to do an experiment so for the next month I we are going to prioritize me doing 15 minutes of yoga a day and I'm also going to go out on a on one quick walk maybe with a buggy maybe you know just one I'm getting out each day you know whatever it might be for you and then saying, let's conduct this experiment. Let's prioritize this for a month and see if it changes stuff. And as soon as he can also start connecting along with you, the value, the utter value of these things, 
that these things produce patience. These things produce the ability to cope in those moments that just feel utterly suffocating mm. because you're not empty. You're not on the floor. Mm. You know, and I, and I think my husband really has started to see the value so much so that he'll sometimes be like, Anna, for the love of God, will you just go and do some yoga or something? Because mm. he is sensing the repercussions of me not acknowledging or have, being able to or having choosing to meet my needs. I worked with Pure Flow back in the summer when it was difficult to know how to dress Elwood when the weather was so hot. We also went to France and it was really, really hot there. And the team gave me the solution then with their lightweight swaddles and baby sleep bags. And it really helped Elwood to be comfortable and sleep so much better. He used to sleep from 10 in the evening until about 6am and it was amazing. So now that the weather's turned so cold, I asked the experts at Pure Flow to help me once again. They have created a genius all-season baby sleep bag. It's quite different to the other sleep bags as it has cosy quilted sleeves that can be zipped on to keep the arms warm on winter nights. This flexibility means you can adjust the warmth of the sleep bag to suit your room and your baby, and you can use it almost all year round rather than buying lots of different togs. PureFlow are a British brand who have been making baby bedding for 25 years. They're big on safety, so the baby sleep bags have breathable panels to help prevent overheating, and they meet all the relevant British and European safety standards. They are also award winners, having won gold for the best baby and child sleepwear at the Made for Mums Awards this year. PureFlow are offering Mum Talk listeners, that's you, a 15% discount on all baby sleep bags from www.pureflow.com. That's P-U-R-F-L-O.com. Just use the code MUMTALK15. So bringing this back to Christmas... <laughs> <laughs> it's all for you know this is all this is all important in the run-up to Christmas all of this stuff having these conversations saying I want to have yeah. you know your joy your joy is valuable too we yeah. spend so much time facilitating situations for other people to enjoy you're you have the same worth as them mm. if something's going to be stressful for you it's going to change the vibe for them so mm. in doing stuff that gives you more joy everyone will be happy Mm. Uh. <laughs> especially uh. the, the children I feel because the children feed so much off your what you're giving out in the day don't they so if the day starts off wonderfully stressful and with you know low-grade bickering between parents essentially it's not going to not going to have a stress-free end um so I think you've hit the nail on the head just communication prior to you know, Christmas Day and trying to put some things in place to get through and out the other side without having a complete blowout um, is necessary for us anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, you know, I think just before we started recording, we were talking about, I was talking about a chat I had with Mother Pucker about social media and her book, the un, her mm. book Underbelly. And I was saying, you know, one of the biggest learnings for me in spending time on social media for the last few years has been to be okay with being misunderstood. Mm. Now, I think this is really important. This, the, the fact that actually, you know, sometimes your, your husband won't even understand why you have to do this yoga or whatever it is. 
he might not get it. He might judge you because he is not you. Mm. You know, but I think so often we're so fearful of being misunderstood that someone else might judge or be confused at or like, yeah, just maybe think that we're wrong in the way that we are prioritizing a need. But actually, we know that this is important, regardless of whether other people will get it or not. Mm. He doesn't know what it's like to be you. He doesn't know what it's like to carry what you do. He doesn't know how heavy that can feel sometimes. You know, so therefore, yeah, he might he might not get why you need to be doing these things. But do you need his approval? Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately you're doing it because you deserve rest, you deserve space, and the kids benefit. So actually that's it's about love, really. Mm. You're so I mean, you couldn't be more right. You're so right. Knowing what I know about myself, I know that that's something that I've seeked, I think, through my entire entire life is people's approval, whether it be my mum's approval for a decision that I've made, even my children's approval for something that I'm doing, and definitely my husband's approval, because in my head, I just want everybody to be happy with all of the decisions that are being made. Mm. But I know that's not sustainable anymore, because as you quite rightly said, he doesn't know what it's like to be me. My mum doesn't even know what it's like to be. No one can know what it's like to be you, can they? And I have to, this is something I definitely need to work on. I have to work on being okay with other people not being okay with my decisions. Yeah. And I think in time, and this has been utterly, like I, I absolutely relate to everything you're saying about it's all, it's just, you've relied on this you know it it does not come naturally I have not been this way I have just had to learn and had to make decisions and and even if you know I'm sitting there on the sofa or I've you know we've invited people around and I'm like you know I'm just going to get ready made everything and that's so against what I've learned what other people do that I I've made those decisions anyway Mm -hmm. despite that and I've thought you know there's got to be another way and I've got to sit with that fear of judgment I've got to you know, we're doing for Christmas, we're buying everything from Cook. Amazing. I love Cook. You know, everything is going to yeah. come and it's going to be in a like in a roasting tray or whatever to go in the in the oven. And I'm not I'm not cutting a sprout. You know, I'm not we're not going to do that. And my wonderful mother-in-law who's coming, you know, she's she's very much a make everything from scratch. Mm. And that's great. And she might not do it how I'm doing it. But I know for my sanity, for my enjoyment of Christmas and therefore the kids, you know, what they absorb from me on that day, this is what this is what we're going to do. And if we go around to their house next year and she makes everything from scratch, I will I will wholly appreciate that. But no, you know, no one is me. No one is us. No one has, you know, yeah. Therefore, it's just slowly finding confidence in this and realizing as you go along that actually, you know, the day doesn't crumble because you've done it differently. Mm. Yeah. Or because someone's judged you or they haven't understand your they haven't understood your decision or your motivation mm. or your heart behind it. Because they as long as you're kind, as long as you're doing things kindly, mm. then yeah. Mm. That confidence comes in time. And as you start to realise that actually your voice and your needs are as e- of equal importance as those of the people around you who you care about so much. 
I was even thinking the other day, right, what am I going to put on the table as a table decoration? And I know I have not got time to do this or even think about it. Like just shove a few candles on the table, Emma. It really yeah. doesn't matter. And I know if I try and attempt it, I will half-ass it and it'll look horrendous. Get kids, you know, get, get your toddler to do some of it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I've got a tree next to me now that's literally got... Uh, it's all gold and silver and then it's just like all these red baubles plonked around the bottom the kids put on there and brilliant you know, I just say oh cool I'm not gonna fiddle around I think my husband's like right we need to reshuffle I'm like I can't bothered that's exactly the same with what happened to us we let Amandine basically decorate the tree so it's all in one clustered bit at the bottom yes and I was like you know what it's gonna do that's that's brilliant it's 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 inspirational she's put them where she wants to put them my husband comes along nope we've got to move them all <laughs> So he did. But, you know, I think there's some things that I just think I, it, it can be how it is. It doesn't need my attention. That is one thing I don't need to change. Yeah. And what are you buying yourself back? And I think that's it. Exactly. When you're cutting corners, when you're letting good enough be good enough, you're buying something back of yourself. There is something then that you didn't spend mm. that you can spend later. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not spending that emotional energy, that physical energy, you know, on Christmas day. I'm not, we're not spending that physical energy in the kitchen that I find it so hard doing the maths. When's this got to go in? When's this got to come out? When you've got a basis. And I, I you know, I'm letting my husband do that this year. I'm delegating. And, um, but, <laughs> but do you know what? I'm buying something back of myself and I don't even know what I'm going to have to spend that on yet. It could be a tricky family dynamic with my parents. It could be, you know, one of the kids is overtired and having tantrums and, it takes a lot of energy just to be calm, to be there for them. Mm. You know, I'm buying something back. I don't know what for yet. I'm not sending Christmas cards. I've not done it for three years. I felt so guilty the first time I was pregnant, I was heavily pregnant. And I was just like, no, I can't. I just can't. Something's got to go and it's got to be that. And every Christmas card that dropped through the letterbox had to sit on my hands mm-hmm. because everything in me was like, I'm just going to write one back, I'm just going to write one back. And I thought, no, I'm not doing this anymore. So I think I put something on Facebook saying we were donating the money, which is actually quite a lot of money doing Christmas cards and stuff. It is, yeah. That, that we're not doing Christmas cards anymore. We're donating that amount of money to, I think it was shelter. And I've not done it since. And it's so liberating. Mm. It's so liberating. And I've, I've bought something back of myself that I've probably already spent (laughs) on the kids, you know, but actually it is it, you know, our time and our energy and our be emotional, mental, physical, whatever. It's a currency. We need to save a bit more because we're always spending it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're completely, completely right. One thing that I do is, um, when I need a bit of time is actually listen to the therapy edit, which I wanted to mention on here because, you know, I followed you for ages. Um, so I, I knew about it, but just in case you don't, because they're fantastic short snippets that you can listen to when you're starting to feel, well, this is when I listen to them, when I'm just starting to feel myself get a little bit tingly, a little bit, you know, towards the rage and your calming voice, but also what you're talking about just helps me to ground back down again and think, you know what? Nope, not today. This is not going to happen today. This can come out somewhere else, but not around the kids and around my husband. So thank you for that. But um, is there any particular episode 
um, of the therapy edit that you would really recommend people listen to around the Christmas period? Maybe the rest one that you've just put out Mm. actually would be a really good one. Yeah, so the rest one, five ways to get rest when you can't. And then I did one last week was on kind of five ways to have a less stressful Christmas. And it's on many of the things that we've spoken about. But I've also got a little um, kind of bite-sized guide with four little videos on all of this as well. It's called How to Have a Merry and Perfect Christmas. And it's also about like reflecting on the last year and doing so because often I think when it comes to New Year, we start looking ahead and making promises to ourselves and then we start reflecting back and often doing quite critically and it's saying you know one of the sessions I was saying when you reflect back do so without judgment and with compassion because I think it's so easy to be frustrated with ourselves with what we feel we haven't done all those moments that didn't go how we wanted to and then often in retrospect we lose the the memory of what it actually felt like to be us Mm. in lockdown in those you know with those challenges and that uncertainty and there's been trauma and there's been grief and there has been absolute loss of you know sharing milestones and oh gosh there's just been so much loss so it's just I guess it's just a call for us to be gentle and compassionate on ourselves as we reflect and also as we look ahead and I think often when we talk about you know letting go of like perfection there's, there can be fear around, well, well, what's Christmas going to look like then? Like, what, what's it going to look like if I'm just like, oh, f- sod that? And actually, you know, letting go of perfectionism isn't about just dropping all our standards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, about, it's about taking into account our humanness in it all. You know, because I think uh, I saw something the other day, and you know when something really hits you, and it said, oh, my mum sent it to me, it said perfectionism is one of the highest forms of self-abuse. Now, oh my gosh, I mean, isn't that such a, it's, a, it's a powerful message, but isn't it true when we are just mm. seeking and striving and pushing all the time and there is the human part of us going, I can't, I can't, I'm overwhelmed. I've got nothing left. You know, I just need to stop. And we're, there's this other part of us that is going, no, no, go, go, go more, more, more. And I think all we're trying to do when when we come down to it is we're just trying to feel worthy Mm -hmm. of good stuff. When we feel rubbish, our reaction is often then, let's have a better Christmas. I'm going to plan it even more. I'm going to make this brilliant. I'm I'm going to almost buy back the last year by creating something so wonderful for the children or so perfect. And actually, we're just saying, we're just, yeah, we're totally overlooking the limits of our humanness. And the magic, as Brene Brown says, the magic that is in the mess and the mundane. And it's, yeah, we just miss out on life Mm. when we're striving for something that we just can't possibly fulfill. And often we have to be told by other people, don't we, when Mm. we're really striving too much. I was in, I went to Darts Farm, a local farm shop, two days ago. So I was like, you know, I'm going to make a wreath. Everyone's coming to our house got a three-year-old and a seven-month-old but I'm gonna make a wreath uh-huh. <laughs> so I went to the florist and I grabbed this big bag of moss just and she looked at me and she went I had both kids with me I was wearing one wearing Elwood and I had Amandine just holding my hand and she goes why are you buying that and this was the lady that owned the shop and I was like oh I'm gonna make a wreath she's like do you really need to be doing that I mean you mm. you look you're, she said, I don't mean to be rude, but you look quite tired. 
and your hands are clearly quite full. And I was like, I know, I know, but it's Christmas. I'm going to make a wreath. And then off I toddled, bought my moss. And then I got home and I was like, you know what? She has a point. (laughs) Mm. I do not need to make a wreath for the front door. What am I doing? I do not have, you know, I'm prioritizing making a wreath, which took me half an hour of time when my child slept, when I could have been doing yoga or I could have had a bath or I could have showered once in like three days. Yeah. Yeah. But instead I made a wreath. (laughs) yeah do you know what I'm often asking myself you know do I need to be doing this and then there's a part of me that's like yes of course I need to be doing this it's an absolute mess but there's you know sometimes it's just even asking yourself the question of what is this costing me Mm. what is this costing me I'm shattered so therefore my you know I'm depleted so therefore making a wreath today is going to cost me a heck of a lot more than it might do next year Mm. you know can I afford it can I, can I afford this? Mm. And I think just, you know, even writing that down or putting a little something on your hands so that you're just seeing that and you're prompting yourself to, to ask that question because we go with our habit. So if our habit is to strive and to do when we, when we're not checking in on ourselves, that is what we're going to do. I'm going to stick it on my fridge. I think. Can I afford it? Can mm. I? Can you afford this? Mm. Can you afford the time, the energy? And one day you will. And I think that's it. You know, also there's a fear that I say a lot with my coaching clients and on the podcast, I'm like, it's not, not forever, just for now. You know, not always going to, you never, it's not like you're never going to be able to make a wreath again for your front door if you don't want to do, if, if you want to. You, there, there will be other opportunities, but actually, this year is too expensive. I could talk to you all day. (laughs) I literally could talk to you all day about this. This has just been such a brilliant conversation, not just for me personally, but I am sure for many, many, many mums, partners, dads, carers, parents who are listening, even grandparents who are listening, you know, it it really does relate to everybody, doesn't it? I mean, it's motherhood. Yes, yes, it features hugely. Of course it does. But actually in everyday life, even if you haven't got kids, it absolutely applies. Yeah. Yeah. And and the reason, you know, I talk about this all the time is because I'm talking about it to myself all the time. Mm. You know, I'm having to go against my own grain we're not only going against our own grain in so many of these things, especially if we struggled with people pleasing and perfectionism, fear of judgment. So we're going against our own grain. Now that takes energy. It's literally like going against the flow, but we're also going against the grain of culture, mm. you know, in our economy that thrive and that, that thrives off us feeling like we're not doing good enough. So we need more. We need to push more. We need to work harder. We need to buy more. We need to always be more you know and it's the whole thing about my book know your worth is about stripping all of that back mm. you know so this is I'm I'm having this conversation with myself all the time to varying degrees of success but it is a conversation I will probably be having with myself for the rest of my life mm. but because I love my family and I am learning to respect value and love myself it's it's one I will put energy in into having it's really really important life-changing actually 
So there are two other questions that I wanted to ask you before we wrap this up, if you have time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is, if you are sitting here listening to this podcast thinking, I just I just don't feel supported, I, I feel it nowhere, how can we feel supported over Christmas, whether it's supporting ourselves or whether it's um, trying to communicate with others to let them know to help us feel supported? What, w- what would you recommend? I think firstly, know what, in what way do you not feel supported? Mm-hmm. Is it emotionally? Is it, you know, is it practically? And how can you verbalize that firstly to yourself? You know, make a statement to yourself of, I feel unsupported in the practical load of Christmas. What do you need? You know, what do you need? I need practical help. Okay. So who can you, who can you talk to about that? Who can you, because I think often these things come out sideways, don't they? It might be like, you don't understand. Or, you know, it just, it comes out sideways in that moment of maybe there's a, oh, I know, where's the brandy butter? And then it comes out like, well, you didn't do any of the shopping. I've done all the shopping. It's blah, blah, blah. And it just comes out in this kind of tidal wave of of un, unexpressed feeling and unmet need. So if we can think, what is that need? Where, how can I express that? Where can I get that need met? Who around me can can meet that need? And and maybe for a single parent who's looking around, going, and I, I don't, I don't have someone to take some of that load off me. Okay, so how can you reduce that load for yourself then? What mm-hmm. corners can you cut? What what can you not do? Because I think so much of of Christmas is often about tradition. Mm-hmm. Now, tradition it. Tradition only needs to be kept if it's still serving us. You know, it was like me in the tradition of sending Christmas cards. I never questioned it. I just carried on doing it. You know, are there any traditions that you're sticking to that actually don't really have a place in your life anymore? Because, or at least not for now, maybe another year. You know, how can you literally lift some of those things and shrug some of those responsibilities off and be like, you know what? We're, we're going, we're, you know, we're going to a restaurant for Christmas lunch you know or yeah so what what is that need how can you express it where can you turn to and don't undervalue you know the ranting and the raving to a friend because I think often we think you know there's no point in crying about this getting upset about it talking about it because no one can change a situation for me but in talking about things we're externally we're processing it you know, there is so much value in the rant on the phone to a friend when you're stomping around, you know, around the block because you're about to explode because you're externally processing it. You're having it heard. You're having it valued. And you might even gain a bit of clarity or that someone might give you a bit of wisdom that's just quite grounding or bring some insight. And so, yeah, I think that's some some little things to do. Thank you. And lastly, you share so much of this and your own experience over on your Instagram, but also you have the Mother Mind Way, is that right? Yeah, the Mother Mind Way, yeah. Mother Mind Way. So tell us a little bit about that, because that looks like an absolutely huge support to mothers out there, especially over the Christmas period. Yeah, it's just it's just a collection of resources that I have 
produced in response to different conversations I've had with coaching clients and therapy, like therapy clients over the years on social media where I speak to and communicate with, you know, thousands of mums each week. And it might be that I've got lots of little videos, so like 45 minute videos on things like really popular phobias common phobias that people popular is not quite the right, the right word really is it um really common phobias that people have around health anxiety and um, phobias that people have around driving or sickness you know really common issues that people are talking to me about and i i guess i've just produced videos and there are some little guides with like journaling points to really help people understand anxiety what is it why is it always not a not a bad thing what can we do about it how can we equip ourselves and there's stuff on worth and people pleasing and um intrusive thoughts and I've got a guide for mums called the happy the happy new mum guide and it's all about the shifts that come after having a baby and emotions and the conflicts and the challenges and relationships and the guilt and how can we yeah how can we get tools and insight to help us thrive as mums when we're giving so much so the mother of my way is basically a like a library of resources and videos and guides and things that I've produced because I know not everyone can access therapy not everyone can afford a coaching session with me for example so how can I yeah it's just I've put it all together so that people can hopefully access it um, for themselves in a way that is affordable and accessible what an amazing resource thank you so much thank you and thank you so much for coming on I really really appreciate it I mean I like I said I could talk to you for at least another hour (laughs) I'm very aware (laughs) that you are very 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 busy very busy um so let's wrap it up but thank you so much for coming on I really appreciate it as do everyone listening it's been an honor and a pleasure and yeah it's it's always good for me to hear it you know swear every time I speak out I'm listening too Mm. so we all need this stuff I need this stuff um it's so it's so important and yeah I hope it's helpful thanks for having me well I for one took so much from that podcast as you can in that chat with Anna as you could probably tell there were so many other things that I wanted to dive into with her um but she is so knowledgeable and really I felt like I finished that conversation with a toolkit full of tools to use over the Christmas period and I really hope you all feel the same thank you for joining me if you enjoyed this episode which I really hope you did because I thoroughly enjoyed recording it with Anna please do share it so as many mums parents carers out there can listen and like Anna and I said towards the end it's not just mums and dads and carers and parents who can value this chat and get something from it it applies to everything and everyone so um if you did like it and you relate to it please do share and review if you can and i will get episode four out for you so i'm really excited to have a chat with charlotte sterling reed she is up next we're going to be talking all about feeding our children weaning etc over the festive period so i will catch you for the next episode lots of love bye huge thanks again to pure flow for sponsoring this episode i'm looking forward to cuddling elwood all snuggly and warm in his baby sleep bag when it's chilly and dark outside 
Pureflow baby sleep bags are so soft and cozy and they're made of pillowy cotton jersey. I love the grey mile fabric. So don't forget that you can get 15% off baby sleep bags until the end of February 2022 by entering the code MUMTALK15 at www.pureflow.com. That's P-U-R-F-L-O.com.